welcome to Behind the Story, where we discover the story behind your favourite stories. My name is Lisa Renee from the Collaborative Press, and I'm also a contemporary romance author of the Single Again series and the fake Identity at Stake new release rom-com. I'm Naomi Craig, historical fiction author of Rahab's Courage. So Lisa, what are you working on these days? Okay, so I am working on Fake Double Date. That's the title of it at the moment. So uh, Fake Identity of Fake um, came out uh, last month. And so I'm writing the next one. And yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. I'm at 40,000 words and sort of sort of got the complete story. And now I need to go back and add some scenes and get the word counter. But um, yeah, it's been a challenge because I've, you know, stepped out and started running rom-com, like saying it's rom-com by having a rom-com cover. And then the beginning of the story, Ethan, the character, main character from the last book, he was really funny in the last book. And this one, he was a bit of a grump to start off with. He's really annoyed with his ex-girlfriend and stuff. So um, yeah, so I had to go back and put some humor in there to light stuff up because he was just a real snot. So. <laughs> But now it's all good. Lots of fun. Lots of uh, funny scenes. So, um, yeah, so I'll be handing it over to you guys to help me out and um, see what you think. And then, um, yeah, but it's not going to be coming out to November the 30th. Oh, that's only two months away. Or... <laughs> <laughs> it's not a biblical fiction, Naomi. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> What about you? Uh, so you've had your book launch and you've last time we spoke, you were um, doing some craft books and stuff. You've been learning lots of things. Yeah, um, that was actually the name of it is called Save the Cat. Um, so if he's being a grump, you have to give him something likable to do, like saving a cat or, you know, <laughs> it made me think of that. So oh, okay. if Ethan needs a cat in your... <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> or help an old lady across the street and then suddenly they're relatable but right um yeah so I've been I final narrowed in on book three um so I'm digging into research so there's um it's mentioned in chronicles but it really takes place back before the the Israelites were enslaved to um enslaved to Egypt um there's a woman who built three cities so it's just right in the genealogy of you know Ephraim begot so-and-so and so-and-so and, -so and, -so and you know all that oh. and this lady built the upper and lower Beth Haran and Uzan Shira I'm like Whoa. I think we need to know her story so yeah. <laughs> awesome you find these characters and these little, little lines and these little stories <laughs> like I should have I should have done that in the <laughs> yeah the trivia face off <laughs> wow that's so awesome that's exciting so yeah so um looking into ancient archaeology and why would you build a city like obviously you're going to follow water source and um if there's a good natural resource you're gonna you're gonna kind of cluster towards those if you're building a city but i know nothing about archaeology in general so or um architecture so i'm I'm excited. I think it'll be a really, it's going to be really a good story, but I oh. hope. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah, um, cool. Maybe um, watching some documentaries on that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I remember there was a Christian one um, show that would mainly, yeah, go into the Bible times and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it's on one of those satellite 
Christian. But do you know? Yeah. So that's a great idea. Do you know um, in Joshua where the Israelites are in Canaan and they're battling um, an enemy? I don't remember which one, but the Joshua asked the Lord to have the sun stand still. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's actually between the two of the three cities that she has built. So wow. um, it's still, you can still see the foundations of these cities. And so mm, cool. Well, you can do all the research and then I'll just, yeah. read, I'll just read. There the, you go. Yeah, cool. You can do all the work. <laughs> that sounds awesome cool okay so yeah our guest today is christian rom-com author sarah monzon sarah is a holt medallion and sealer award winner she's a stay-at-home mom mom that's how it's spelled not mom in australia um <laughs> who makes up imaginary friends to have adult conversations with otherwise known as writing novels as a navely chaplain's wife she resides wherever the military happens to station her family and enjoys exploring the beauty of the world around her sarah welcome to behind the story thanks for having me so sarah for those who aren't familiar with you tell us a little bit about you and what you write uh, well, my name is Sarah, and I am a Navy chaplain's wife, um, which means we get to move around a lot every few years. So uh, I've lived in a few different places, a few different states, not internationally yet, but hopefully someday. As far as what I write, uh, right now I am writing romantic comedies. In the past, I've also written time slips and just straight contemporary romance. Awesome. Well, I've been excited to interview you. I've been um, reading your rom-coms and I just, um, yeah, I actually started with your new release, Amanda. Um, that's the fourth in the Sewing in SoCal series. So tell us about this book and what sparked the story or the series. Okay, so um, what sparked the series was uh, our first duty station was uh, in Washington State and when I was there, I decided it would be fun to just write a series of books based on each place that we get stationed at. So I started writing um, my book nerds and boyfriend series there in Seattle. And then uh, we got orders to come down to Southern California. So I was like, all right, well, let's set something in Southern California. Um, and then it, since I had the setting, I wanted to do a group of friends. I had done a series based off family series before. I wanted to do one off a book group of um, girlfriends. And it just kind of, came out from there. That's wonderful. I love it. Can't wait to see all your different adventures through your stories. So um, how did you transition from writing romance to rom-com? Is it harder to write rom-coms than straight romance? Um, I'm not sure if I would say it's harder. Uh, I am more aware of the, the comedic beats when I write straight uh, rom-com. When I was writing contemporary romance, I think there's still, it was more like contemporary romance with humor. I think it's just kind of my natural instinct to add a little lightness to the stories. Um, so when I write for a specifically romantic comedy, I try to pay more attention to those comedic beats and the timing. Right, so did you have to learn the craft of um, comedy? Like, were you just doing romance with humor and then you sort of, did you just sort of stumble into it or you're like, oh, I need, I'm going to learn about it first and start writing it or sort of it all just happen at the same time? Um, I'm not sure you can, I didn't learn it in the fact of like uh, reading craft books on it or anything like that. Um, in fact, I, I don't read craft books 
it's probably not a really good thing to say, but I learned from reading other people's books, from reading really good books. So I was reading a lot of romantic comedies, um, just needing like an escape, needing something that was lighter, not anything that was too heavy because there's a lot of heaviness already in my life. So I was reading a lot of romantic comedies and I think it just kind of naturally progressed from there. Right, yeah. So it's definitely um, sort of like a, a popular genre at the moment. I mean, it's always been quite popular, but definitely more so with things going around the world and people just wanting that escape. And so, yeah, that's really good. It's good to find new authors. I'm finding it, you know, I'm wanting to find Christian rom-com authors as well. I love rom-com and um, The Sweet and Clean. I've been reading that. And then I'm just like, oh, who, where's the Christian one? Is that right? <laughs> you know, yeah. sort of thing. Um, so it's good to um, meet you and, and um, learn about some of the other um, ladies that are writing so uh so you say you haven't really you know officially studied the craft other than like reading 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 and um so if you're aware of the funny filters you, you would have heard about them and at least <laughs> even though you're doing them naturally um which ones do you tend to use so like slapstick irony stereotypes shock wordplay um you know just a quick uh, character and that kind of stuff yeah I would say that I probably lean more toward uh, like wordplay irony a lot of uh, banter and dialogues not so much slapstick or situational although I try to throw something in there maybe like one scene that's you know more like that but um, yeah I tend to do more towards like wordplays. Yeah so are you, are you really <laughs> trying to like so you're writing naturally with some humor and banter which is quite easy to do and then do you have to go back and like think about it and like add in a sense you know uh, a sentence and sort of like a twist on wordplay or or things like do you purposely go back or is it just like you're just writing 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 yeah I don't go back and do a lot of rewrites or things like that um I write slower to begin with and then usually that first draft is my only draft I'll I mean I'll, I'll go back and do slight edits but there's no major rewrites type of things I'm more conscious of uh, like I said timing uh, like if I have something that is heavier or sad uh, it, it will be just like a couple sentences maybe and then I'll lighten it up immediately so it doesn't bring anybody down but it just is enough there to kind of get you to think and then it's funny again right okay that's interesting so um so you're writing slower and so you don't have to go and add things in so what uh so in a day of writing how much would you get done in a few hours of writing so uh I probably average about 500 hours uh, 500 words an hour yep awesome great well that's really encouraging because I mean you have to go back and edit and add layers and if you don't take that long you can do it really quickly but then you still have to yeah so there'll be definitely times I'll sit there for for a little while just thinking of like the, the right word I want to use instead of just putting in a fil filter and then going so like I don't do sprints very well I know a lot of writers um, can get sprints done and get tons of words in but my mind just doesn't think like that I just get bogged down um, having to research a specific thing that needs to be in that sentence or something like that but then again then I don't have to go back and do it later either so yeah one more question before Naomi asks. Uh, she's like waiting. <laughs> um, so if you, uh, how long over, I mean, you might not write every single day or whatever, but the time that you set aside to write, I'm writing a novel this season, month or whatever, how long would it take you with that pace, 500 words an hour? Like, 
Um, it depends on the length of the book. Um, the Sewing and SoCal series are short novels. So they're about 50, 55,000 words. And they were taking me three to four months. Hmm. Awesome. Cool. Naomi, you can ask a question. Are you, are you done? <laughs> <laughs> I told you I had lots of questions. <laughs> I'm still here. No. I'm just teasing. Uh, Put me on mute so I won't interrupt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you create main characters, female main characters who aren't clumsy or like over dramatic? Is it, can you, how do you get them to be humorous and yet still believable? Um, so I think that, you know, it's really hard to say because I, I'm like an extreme pantser. I was talking to a friend of mine about this and she was asking me how I develop characters. And if I knew their backstory beforehand and things like that. And I said, no, I, I'm often surprised about what comes onto the page, uh, like almost every day sometimes. And usually I'll just start writing. I'll have the hook that I'll just think about the story for a while until I have like the first sentence. And I say, okay, this is a good sentence to start with. And then I'll just start writing from there. A lot of times I don't know a lot about the character until it develops on the page. Um, so I'm often surprised with Molly. Uh, I knew that her she was going to be someone who basically could not tell a lie, which brings a lot of funny things when she works with children who ask her a lot of pointed questions and she refuses to lie to them. So <laughs> <laughs> there, there are definitely ways that you can find humor in uh, everyday life with different personality types is you just take a personality and maybe stretch it a little bit to the extreme and then throw them in situations that could be humorous then you don't always have to have that clumsy uh type of person <laughs> yeah i love the opening to that um story of molly with the things that she had to <laughs> explain to the kids oh, that I was wait. also from a personal experience with my son <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah I know what it's like to explain those things yes <laughs> had sanitary items stuck all over my mirror from toddlers and tampons lying around what's this and <laughs> mm -hmm. uh like a little toy mouse <laughs> I wasn't like Molly I am not gonna go there and explain it to a two-year-old <laughs> okay um Cool. So I really like your covers. Um, they're really vibrant and fun. And obviously they scream rom-com. Um, I've, I've got for my novellas, like some of that sort of style. I think they call it retro, like where it's sort of Superman, mm -hmm. Superman sort of. Like a pop art. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, um, comic sort of stuff. So um, it's a little bit, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of the covers are very um, plain background and they're little guy and girl with not, no faces or something and that and it says you know that's the genre that's selling have that on your cover and it's, that's a rom-com but I, I actually don't some of them yeah they're clever and good and that, but they're a little bit plain to me <laughs> so I really love your covers and that so did you um come up with that concept yourself or you're contracting that out to someone uh so I had an idea of what I wanted and so I was searching through a bunch of stock photo sites um because I've I've done all my covers myself so I was searching through a bunch of stock photo sites and I couldn't quite get what I was envisioning in my head and then I came across those illustrations and I said I have to write books for these there's just yeah so uh, I didn't do very much to them I just added a uh, title 
an author name and things like that yeah. crop them to be the perfect size and everything but uh, I can't take credit for the illustrations they're they're on stock photos yeah it's great when it's already there and it's um yeah it was yeah. the same it was like hard trying to find the right little images of them the people doing their thing and then I found those ones and I was like yeah these are so cool <laughs> but they're a little bit different but yeah awesome Naomi you so, can um what is so are you allowed to tell me which of those sewing and sew cows was your favorite are you allowed to pick <laughs> that was really hard to say because uh with Molly uh the little girl in Molly I used my daughter a lot as inspiration uh, my daughter's seven now but uh when the, the little girl in Molly is four, but I used a lot of her uh, as inspiration. So obviously that's gonna have a really strong spot in my heart. Um, I love Drew from um, Nicole. He kind of reminds me of my husband a little bit. And then uh, I really just like, not really the message in Amanda, because I don't really think that there's necessarily a message, but just the fact that uh, there aren't a lot of books that deal with people that have undiagnosed autoimmune diseases. And so uh, I, I just, I like that there's now yeah. one out there. I'm sure there's more than one, but. Yeah, I thought that was really clever actually, because um, I heard on a podcast people saying, you know, you know, it's good to put something like that. And, you know, there's so many people that are dealing with something, but yeah, it's, we don't see it a lot in fiction. And yeah, I was very impressed with that. So yeah, even though it's all, fun and wrong common and she handled it very well like her her condition but yeah it was very clever and but also getting insight on you know what someone's struggling with and so yeah well done with that one cool yeah I like um, that about fiction too because you especially if it's not a well talked about subject is that you can get a compassion for someone who's enduring that or um you know of, of all variety of um trials you know that I, I like that uh, so where where do you live where are you from um so right now I live in Southern California um we're stationed at the Camp Pendleton Marine Base down here uh just, just north of San Diego um since we're with the military we move quite often um so I've lived in Florida and in Montana Tennessee Michigan Washington and California not all of those were within with the Navy that was like from birth, but you know. Oh, cool. Awesome. Okay. So tell us something um, uh, our readers would be surprised to know about you. Uh, so I, I, I was thinking about this and uh, I thought it would be surprising to know that the very first um, writing contest that I ever won was in first grade. <laughs> it was uh, a letter to Mrs. Santa Claus. And I won uh, being able to be on the Christmas Day Parade with Santa with everybody. It's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> what, that's something definitely to, to mark on your resume, I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I, you know, uh, writing contests, um, Mrs. Claus letter writing contest. <laughs> it doesn't quite have the same ring that's as right. like- Award-winning author. <laughs> Yeah, what when you, you apply for a book bub deal, you can put your awards in, you can put that one in, see if I'll <laughs> give you a feature deal. <laughs> what are what are your um, hobbies and favorite activities outside of writing and reading? Uh, I really like to go exploring out in nature. Uh, I like to go to the national parks. Um, 
I take my kids and they do the junior ranger program. And then since I have two kids and they each get a badge and the rangers won't let me do it because I'm not a junior, I steal another badge. <laughs> collect them myself. <laughs> but yeah, I really like to go camping and hiking and uh, things outside. Excellent. Yep, you could need a good balance and that sounds great. And so what started you to uh, into writing fiction in the first place other than your um, grade one award but <laughs> yeah well you know my my elementary school they had a like a not junior but like a, a writer's thing anyway anyway they uh would select one story per grade and then like publish it in an anthology for the school and uh mine got published like every time they did that which was really cool but I think the when I first started writing as like novels it was after um my son was born and I was a stay-at-home mom and um, basically my life just like revolved around him and I was just kind of losing, I felt like I was losing myself, you know, like losing my identity. It was just, I'm a mom now and that's all I do. And there was nothing of me left. And so I started writing and little by little got bits of myself back until, you know, kind of kept my sanity. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, I think that's, um. I think that's so easy to do as a mom is to kind of lose who you are. I think that's really wise to have an outlet like that. And, you know, maybe it's crafting or maybe it's, um, you know, going out and running or exercising by yourself, but I think that's important. So we have who we are, isn't just defined by our job description. Right. Especially when you have a child who's like really, um, he's not high needs, but, but needy and will only let mom fill those needs you know like there's no daddy can't do anything you know so it was very much giving 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 and until you just feel kind of empty yeah have you so you've mentioned that your books are um as you travel so where where's your favorite place been to visit and write about um well, my favorite place that I've lived has been Washington State. Um, favorite place that I've traveled uh, would probably be China. I was a student missionary there between my sophomore and junior year of college. So I lived there for 10 months, but I haven't set a book there, so. Awesome. And so what's something that you want your readers to go away saying about your books? Um, I think that, I would like them to go away just saying, you know, that was a really good escape from stress in life right now. That was just a nice time to take a break and breathe and maybe laugh. And now I can go back to real world again. Are you part of a critique group um, online in person? Um, where are they from? How do you connect with them? What, what, what's your community like? Yeah, so I have two critique partners, um, Tony Shiloh and Janet Ferguson. Tony lives in Northern Virginia and Janet lives in Mississippi. Um, I connected with them through ACFW Scribes. Um, I connected Janet that way. Uh, so she's been with me. We've been together um, even before my very first book was published. So we've probably been critiquing since 2014. And then um, Tony, we were reader like we would read each other's books and um when i wrote freedom's kiss 
one of the characters is um, was an African-American slave running away from slavery to the Seminole Indians in Florida. And I asked her if she would be uh, a reader for me, a sensitivity reader, um, and she agreed. And we've been her tea partners ever since and best friends. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we've had Tony on the show. She's just so beautiful and inspiring. Uh, so, you know, uh, with the going into rom-com and, you know, having these rom-com covers and saying my book's a rom-com, like, do you feel pressure, like, to, you know, that people are going to pick it up and, oh, you know, oh, this isn't funny. Not you say know. that they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like, oh, is this Oh, funny? yeah, for sure. Uh, with Amanda, I, I was constantly talking to um, Tony and being like, this is, this is the saddest, most serious rom-com ever and the the one I'm writing right now is the same thing it's like uh, I'm worried that sometimes it's too too sad or too serious and so then I'll throw in uh something comedic but when I go back and read it or when I have beta readers read it uh it ends up being a fairly good balance I hope now I have had reviewers that have said that it's not funny and that it's not a rom-com and that there are too many serious things in them so obviously it's subjective Yes, it definitely is. I mean, I mean, I watch dry bar comedy, it's clean comedy um, stand-ups. And just sometimes you just, obviously these people, comedians been doing it for years. So, but sometimes you're just not in the mood, <laughs> you know, yeah. for that comedian. And what's funny, what's funny for somebody is just isn't funny for somebody else. My, my husband and I have sometimes different senses of, of humor. Like I, I don't really like slapstick that much. He thinks that's hilarious. So, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously people are going to find different things funny. What is your favorite Christian genre to read at mm. the moment? <laughs> I read very widely. Um, the only things that I don't like to read are horror and Amish. It's okay to say that. <laughs> um, I would probably say that I tend to read more historical or contemporary and definitely I, almost everything I read you know has to have the thread of romance in it even if it's just a small thread it's fine it's just, just something romantic awesome cool so how does your faith impact your writing well um some of my books are more overt as far as the Christian message and uh, other ones are more subtle um but as far as my own personal Christian faith and how it affects my writing, I would say that every writer goes into writing their things from their point of view, from the worldview. So being a Christian and having that personal walk of faith, it's going to get into your writing no matter what. I mean, it's just, it's how your brain works. It's your life, it's your soul, and you pour that onto the page. So whether the message in my books are overt or whether they're subtle, um, it's still me on there. Plus I, I pray um, before I write every, every time I sit down to write, I pray and I ask God, give me the words, give me the story. Um, like I said, whether that's very overt or whether that's very subtle. Sometimes I do, I'm, I'm like, okay, I, there's really I'm like 20,000 words in and there's not been any faith in this at all. <laughs> is this gonna, is it gonna come in here? Um, and I don't know. Sometimes I think it's just maybe there. It depends on who God is wanting to read the book and what they're open to. Um, it's out of my hands after that, you know. Yeah, I can relate to that. You know, um, 
with my novellas in particular, it was hard to put a good spiritual arc in there as well. Like in the short, you know, it was just a promo novella for 15,000 words. So um, yeah, it's sort of <laughs> to get all that, all the character arc and this and the funny and the plot and, you know, have a deeply mm -hmm. meaningful spiritual arc. But whereas, uh, so my first in the series, um, Fake Identity at Stake does, I was reading back on it, I wrote it last year and then I was reading it, wow, there's really lots of deep spiritual stuff um, going in the happening with these characters so um yeah so it's and then yeah going back and then like you want to match your series to the same sort of faith mm -hmm. level that people got that expectation and so now my second one yeah it's just sort of like a different plot and so they're not as desperately needing god to move in their situation so but um yeah this is a challenge to have all that consistency and expectation and um, and also like meeting the Christian audience, what their expectation, and there's a broad, broad range of um, expectation with the Christian readers, you know what I mean? So Sweet and Clean is For quite sure. easier. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, and I've gotten reviews from both spectrums, you know, uh, it's not Christian enough, and I didn't know this was Christian, one star, blah, 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 you know, or those that you're like, hmm, is she even Christian because, you know, I always love those reviews that kind of, you know, say that if you're Christian or not based off of, of your story. Yeah, it's challenging. So <laughs> obviously you are reading your one star. Yeah, two -star reviews. yeah I read all my reviews. <laughs> so what advice would you give to someone starting out with their first novel? Um, I would just say have fun with it. Uh, don't overthink it um and kind of bog yourself down just have fun with it let the story flow through you um it doesn't even have to look good or read good you can always go back and um, fix it or you can if it's your first book and it could be your practice book I mean I have a practice book I'm sure most writers have practice books the first one that they write they're learning and then it just kind of gets put in a drawer because you know it's not that great and then you start over on something else um, so yeah I'd say have fun with it Awesome. So Amanda came out earlier this year and um, you've had great success with that series. Uh, what's up for you now? Are you going creating a new series or adding to that one? So the plan is um, Betsy still needs her story. She's the last um, woman in their friend group and she has not had her story yet. I did take a break after writing Amanda um, because I was just super stressed and a lot of things going on in my life. Husband was deployed, homeschooling kids, etc. Um, so I decided I needed a bit of a break. I have just started back to writing again, but it's not Betsy. Um, I had a story idea for a Christmas story. And I figured since I hadn't felt creative in months, like nothing, I was even wondering, I was like, well, you know, maybe this time of my life has come to a close. It's time to go do something else. I have no ideas, I have no spark, I have no interest. Um, so when the Christmas story came to mind and I actually wanted to sit down and write it, I was like, well, I need to just chase this creativity now, even though it's you know not scheduled. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today and sharing with our, our audience. Um, where can the readers find you? Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, my website is sarahmonsonwrites.com. Uh, yeah, you can find me on those social media, also on Twitter, but not very active there.
Awesome. All right. So our followers, please remember to like and subscribe our channel and also follow Sarah um, and her books. We have lots of goodies linked up in the comments. Sarah is offering one winner, your choice of paperback um, or digital if you prefer in the US. And if you're international, you can uh, join the competition and you'll get a, an ebook. So will that will be any of their choice, Sarah, of the series? Any, yep, sure. Well done. Awesome. Well, we all have a free story for you. Sarah has a Christmas novella called 12 Days of Snowmen. Um, and in the show notes, you'll also find my biblical fiction novella on Desolate Heights about Balaam and his talking donkey. And I also have fake engagement mistake and my green screen is coming in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tricky. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Behind the Story. Until next time, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Thanks for tuning in.